This podcast is intended for listeners that are 18 years or older. Explicit language, sensitive content, and views that are objectionable to some listeners may be present in the podcast. As such, listener discretion is strongly advised. Please read our podcast terms and conditions before listening to Up the Rabbit Hole. Back to Up the Rabbit Hole with a sex therapist. This is Dr. Corey Harushka with my triple bird, Randy, here. Okay, so today, what are we talking about, Brandy? Oh, you know, I got to give a shout out to uh, to a client of mine, you know who you are. I was asked if we could actually do this topic on menopause, um, which I think is really great because reality is, as women age, things change and we can still be enjoying sex way late into our 70s, but this is a really big topic that a Why lot of women struggle with. 70s? You can, 80s, no 90s, hundreds. <laughs> This is true. So I, I will retract that. Uh, but a great topic that I never even considered. So shout out to the client who asked, you know who you are. You're, you're, you're kind of hitting somewhere in this age category, aren't you there, Brad? Yes, I can say yes. I'm in this age range proudly. Good, proudly good in this age range. It's yep. like the badge of honor. You earned, you earned this title, this position. You, you made it here. I earned the title of being premenopausal. That's a great title to have, isn't it? So why don't we start off with a few a few jokes that are related to this? For us poor menopausal women, yes, I can't yeah, wait. Let's hear them. Yeah, okay, so what if your partner starts smoking? No idea. Slow down and use some lubricant. <laughs> okay. Oh, we'll be talking a little bit about that. <laughs> we today. will. We are talking about that today. Absolutely. So menopause. Oh, my goodness. What is menopause? One of those stages in life that I think most women want to avoid. <laughs> what, you want to do a bit of an explanation of it? No, so you go ahead. You can give so, the technical one. So basically, menopause, you know, I'm going to do a quick national health kind of government lens is a point in time, 12 months after a woman's last period. Um, the years leading up to that point when women may have changes in their monthly cycles, usually including hot flashes or older, other symptoms, that's called menopausal transmission or perimenopause. Uh, and it transitions mostly uh, and beginning at around age 45 to around 55 on that stage. After that, you become typically menopausal. And there are actually like three stages, which would be perimenopausal, which is up to the menopause. And you stop producing the hormones that cause that menstrual period. Third one would be postmenopausal, which is, you know, everything after that, rest of your life, post and during. Right. So as a woman, I just want to make clear that women can still not have a period, uh, especially if there's been a hysterectomy and not be menopausal. So I just want to make that clear. Lots of women do have hysterectomies, full, complete hysterectomies, but you still have your ovaries, which the removal of ovaries is an oomphectomy. And if you still have your ovaries, you will still go through menopause at a normal time, but you don't have an actual period. So just so y'all know. So now there is some health risks. So typically, you know, with postmenopausal women, there are certain health conditions that are increased risk, like osteoporosis, but those are kind of some quick things that are not sexually related, but actually can be related to sexual functioning. A lot of changes will affect uh, sex life. And so we've got some great questions from viewers that I'm going to ask you, and then we're both gonna, we're both gonna tackle this one. You betcha. Yeah. All right. So here's the first question. 
Uh, I've always enjoyed sex and I'm worried that my vagina will change after menopause. What changes should I expect? Who wants to start? I can. All right. This is, this is true. So when we go through menopause, usually we are, our estrogen progesterone levels are decreasing and this can cause tissue in the vulva and the lining to actually become thinner, drier, less flexible or elastic can also lead to decreased vaginal secretions and an increase in vaginal pH levels, which means that it's less acidic. So here's the problem. We still want to be having sex because if we have sex on a less regular basis after menopause, we actually have some physical side effects that can, that can be not wonderful. I think that's the best way I can put it. Right. So what can happen is that our vagina can actually become shorter and narrower, and this can lead to pain while you're having sex. It can become less lubricant. So you're not making as much natural lubrication and therefore you would need a lube to use your tissue can tear. You can become injured. You can bleed. And if intercourse is avoided and the condition worsens, it can, you can actually have a less sensitive clitoris and it can also be possibly harder to achieve orgasm. What a great thing to look forward to. I got a few more too. So, Oh, I missed some. Malleability. So it becomes less flexible. And so it becomes a little bit more rigid. So, and it doesn't have to be sexual intercourse. I mean, that's why some individuals may purchase, uh, utensils and or utilities or items or insertables or dildos, vibrators, any of those kind of dynamics to help exercise, you know, that whole canal to be able to make sure it's still nicely malleable and supple and getting blood flow. So it's kind of like exercising things internally versus externally. Uh, Some other things that I've uh, noticed is women tend to get less easily aroused and, you know, or less sensitive to touching and stroking. So that can lead to a lot less interest in sex too. And there's usually that lower levels of estrogen and then other factors that may happen. And so this is where you get into that, you know, that interest in sex changes. So things that are not necessarily related, but, you know, bladder control problems can lead to impacting your sex drive or even self-consciousness, sleep disturbances or depression and anxiety, depending on what's going on. Some people have grief when they go through those changes and they're not prepared for them or not liking that stress. Medications, again, medications is one of the big things that I'll see. You know, if you're on medications for blood thinning or blood or heart, uh, heart disease, uh, diabetes, these all can affect sexual functioning and or response dynamics. All those health concerns, chronic pain, those are our big contributors to, to kind of lower interest, lower responsive. Um, you know, but the good, the good news is when you get to that age, if you have that wisdom and the ability and your the experience technically allows you to have better sex lives even if the machinery ain't working as well as it used to. It's kind of this interesting little crossover where your experience, your knowledge, your wisdom, if you've kind of been working in this area, may counterbalance a bunch of these kind of physiological things. It's true. And I think at, you know, at this age, at least, if not a little bit earlier, we kind of know what we want, right? So Hopefully. hopefully. Well, true, like, you know, but a lot, a lot of women do know what they want. And so, and are with a partner that they trust that they have a great connection with, and they're able to say, look, it's it's what I'm into tonight. And so that makes it a little bit easier. So really, we should really continue to have sex because the less sex that we have, 
it can come with problems that are not very fun. And so I am very pro get out there girls and enjoy yourself. Well, true, because I mean, it's only leading to a better, actually not only sex life, but vaginal health of your, of your body. So I think that's really important. I'm on board with that. Totally. I don't know many men that wouldn't be. So it's really, it's a win-win for for both sexes. There are men. That's true. True. So anyways, um, great question. And even, even if you're not like, even if I'm going to include, let's say my asexual community or my, you know, so that's, you know, that drive may not be there. So sometimes it still requires a level of what's just exercising of this because you might not feel motivated to, but it's kind of, it's just kind of keeping your body healthy in all those areas. Absolutely. Uh, second question that we have is, uh, I have had vaginal dryness and pain with intercourse since menopause. We use lubricants and I've even tried vaginal moisturizers, but sex is still uncomfortable. What can I do about vaginal dryness during menopause? Well, I mean, we can talk a little bit about some moisturizers and stuff like that, because part of me, my first question is, which lubricants are you using? Because there is a very wide range and I've experienced in terms of quality. Um, and so, I mean, some of the moisturizers typically will have glycerin in it. And so there's one that's for plans or Luvina. Um, so that can be some of those things. So I'm curious what you're using. Are they prescribed? Um, you know, some people will go through estrogen therapy. So that's something you'll need to talk to your physician about. Uh, there's Osfina as well, which is kind of an oral drug taken a day that kind of helps the tissue get thicker and become less fragile. So that's another, you know, prescribed medication. Some of the good lubes, like one of the ones that I like is Good Clean Love. So that's, you know, like call out to them. They're one of the few ones that actually do natural most moisturizers that are kind of bio, bio-match technology stuff, they call it. And so it's kind of healthier. So if you have a sensitive vulva and vagina, then the Good Clean Love doesn't have a lot of the additives. It's very, very kind of friendly. So that's one that I kind of will recommend for some some of my, uh, you know, more sensitive or more allergic to things. So it becomes a little easier for them to not respond. There's going to be looking more at your medical health professional uh, or possibly even your sexual physiotherapist just to see what's going on there regarding that pain. What kind of pain is it? Do we need to diagnose something that might be also not related or somewhat related to that? Vaginismus could be occurring just because you've now may have had a bad experience, which has caused your your system to kind of close up and tighten up just due to the anxiety. So we we wanna explore all that to make sure everything is running you know, well, and there's no other new things that are starting to show that may be causing those problems. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just so everyone knows, if we're looking at hormone like estrogen therapy, it does come in a cream, a ring, a tablet form. And what it's doing, it's reversing the dryness and the atrophy of the muscles. So uh, there's a, a bunch of different ways that you can take that if that's what is going to be best for you. Uh, question number three. I have been experiencing bothersome hot flashes for the past year, and I wake up almost every night sweaty and then get cold. My sex life was fine until menopause, but I'm just not interested anymore. Can menopause be affecting my libido? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's my first big answer. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It can undermine sexual motivation and drive. Uh, during menopause, women also have a decrease in testosterone, which is the, the sex drive hormone and can reduce sensation. Also, if the, if females go through abrupt menopause from an oomphectomy, so that's the removal of ovaries, uh, or chemotherapy. So if you're, if you're going through cancer treatments, there's going to be an immediate drop in estrogen and testosterone. 
and you could, there could be greater issues than if you went through menopause naturally. So, I mean, overall, my first comment is, yeah, it can, even with these hot flashes, I can tell you a short story. It's really embarrassing, but it's about me, but I'll be honest. Uh, I was having a hot flash in a session once it was with a male, poor guy. And he just looks at me and I'm taking my clipboard and I'm waving it in front of my face. And we're all masked here at work. <laughs> he asked me, are you okay? Yep. I'm, I'm fine. Are you having a hot flash? I'm like, damn. Yes. <laughs> so it's even just living, not even related to sex. Hot flashes are uncomfortable. I'm usually cold and thought, oh, these hot flashes are going to be great. I'll finally be warm. Yeah. It's like you're on fire. <laughs> and it just kind of comes on and then you're sweaty. So of course that's going to affect your libido. I mean, they're not pleasant. And I was the person who thought they'd be great because, oh, this is wonderful. I'll be warm instead of freezing cold all the time. They're uncomfortable. You don't want to be having sex when you're in the middle of one. And then you do get cold because you just sweated profusely. So yeah, that this, this does undermine your sexual motivation and your drive. Absolutely. <laughs> Even with sleep, if you're up, if that's disrupting your sleep, that's going to impact sex drive and, and motivation and libido. Uh, so yeah, there's a whole, but you know, the libido is actually quite fragile with little things that it can cause. You know, I have women that when they're hitting menopause, just the perception of having menopause and no longer feeling like they're a woman kills their sex drive. And so, you know, I also have some women that once they've hit menopause, their sex drive goes up because now they feel like, good, now I don't have to worry about this. And so they, their, their drive has gone up. And a lot of it can be due with just their psychology and their mindset too. I would also suggest if anyone reads Emily Nagoski, fabulous ladies, fabulous. She's got a book, Come As You Are, and she talks about brakes and accelerators. And the brakes are something that really puts the halt on sexual drive or the want to have sex, the desire. You know, hot flashes can do that. That's a big break fabulous. I think everyone should know what they are, but if this is a big break for you, you know what, we have to find a way around that. And we're, we're not going to be participating perhaps in sexual activity. If this is a break for you while you're having the hot flash. So realizing that this is a break and it's normal and it's okay. And kind of pushing past that and finding something that will work to find that accelerator to push the drive is really important. And it can be focusing more also just on that you know, the intimacy components. So it doesn't have to be sexuality focused. There's a lot to do. I mean, for, from an intimacy point of view than just like penetrative sex. There's a lot of other things that people can do. And it it seems that the, the thoughts are we just go to penetrative sex. Well, there's a whole lot of other stuff that's going on that can still be really fun. All the outer course is what we call it. 100%. Yeah. So... Unfortunately, I'm sorry to break it to you, ladies, but yes, this can undermine your libido. But there are things that we can do. Uh, is there any, I don't know, like if you go on hormone therapy that can decrease the level of um, hot flashes, but I don't know if any other medication helps that. Do you, Corey? No, I'm not, not for the hot flashes component because that's usually hormonally based. So yeah. I, I have read, I have read about vitamins and minerals out there that can help, but uh, I don't know. I don't know how they, I haven't read the scientific studies saying that they're fabulous or not, but some people swear by them. Yeah. So again, everybody is a little different, different. And so it's making sure you understand what your body needs to be able to kind of run the way you want it to and make sure you consult with all the health professionals you can to get the best quality of life you can. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next question. Do I still need to practice safe sex after menopause? If it's with a consistent partner that you know is pretty reliable and trustworthy, then no. However, if it's with, you know, someone else or numerous partners, uh, again, you're increasing your risk. So this is not necessarily about pregnancy. This is about STIs. STIs, absolutely. Yep. I agree with that. And that's what I have too, is just STI. Okay. Oh, whoa, hold on. I don't have STIs. What I was going to say <laughs> written down in my notes, we have the same answer that yes, if you have multiple so partners, oh so my goodness, I tell you, if you have multiple partners, the risk of STI is still there, whether you've gone through menopause or not. So we want to still be safe. Hey, I, I have an STI, but it's actually on my bookshelf and it's a little teddy bear that's syphilis. We got it at one of the ASEC conferences. So it's this little Spiral teddy bear that says, hi, I'm syphilis. Oh, they were handing them out to everyone there. So it's like, hey, what did you get? I got syphilis. Oh, I got chlamydia. So it was kind of a <laughs> sexual health educator's kind of playful joke, I think, that they gave them to us. But I, I thought oh, it was kind of funny because I had these little cute little eyes. It looked like this little friendly worm. and I'm just You can get those at the Space and Science Center online. And you can get like vaginas and penises. It's great, great little store for, <laughs> you know, health teaching stuff. It's fabulous. Uh, oh my goodness all right we got another question uh, my wife is currently going through menopause and she has been distant with our intimacy lately as her husband what can i do to initiate and make her feel comfortable having sex again well i guess you know my first question because you talk he talks about intimacy and sex again and to me a lot of people kind of blend them all together and to me they're very different and so distinguishing between are you looking at working on your intimacy which is that non-sexual closeness bonding connection versus your sex again and then what does sex look like because again we want to know what that looks like and you know is it enjoyable for both parties and is it working uh, i guess i have lots of questions regarding what what's going on you know how is their relationship uh, you know are there other issues how are they communicating i'm i'm amazed by you know a lot of the couples and i'm happy for my couples that are coming in to see me because at least now they're starting to talk about it but when they come in i i am and I guess it's just because I deal with this all every day. I am amazed at how many people actually don't talk about sex and what they want or know what they want or let people know what they want. They just kind of either make some assumptions or just run on autopilot on allowing whatever person is in the lead to kind of do what they want, sometimes even without setting limits. And so we want to kind of really get that communication going about what is, you know, the intimacy, is it non-sexual intimacy? Lots of times, as you mentioned, Emily will talk about that, you know, non-sexual intimacy is the stuff that leads to it. It supports that facilitation of sexual desire and connection when that intimacy base is, is strong. And so, but it's really getting to know your partner because she may write like that, she may write not. So. Well, and you know what I find fascinating too is the, the, just the lack of communication, all age groups. Not just yeah. like, I think a lot of people would think it would be like a, like an older age group dynamic, not at all. It's all age groups. And so the best thing I love about this job is being able to educate or, and, or re-educate people that, that it's okay to talk about this. We talk about what we're doing during our day, what we're doing with the kids, what we're having for dinner. Let's, it all needs to be on the table. And so it's uh, one of those things that really need to be discussed. And if there's something that she wants or doesn't want or makes her feel uncomfortable, again, those accelerators breaks, that's a discussion point that the husband needs to know. So that communication is really, really important. I, yeah, that's probably the most important skills, communicating. 100%. And clear, clear enough communicating and knowing what you want. 
I had a pop something pop into my head because we were talking about that practicing safe sex. I know years ago I was doing some presentations with some singles groups who are kind of after the age of 50 or 60. And I looked at the stats recently, which is interesting because I'm, I'm glad that they've gone down at least per, per uh, you know, what do they call it, per numbers. So, you know, the STIs are a lot higher in our younger age group, usually age 20 to 25, 20, 28. Um, but back then there was an interesting trend. And so a lot of my over over 50, over 60, I think, or 60, 70, the per capita, well, I don't know if it's per capita, but the, the STI rates were through the roof because a lot of them are going, I'm not going to get pregnant. I don't have to worry about, you know, pregnancy. So they become unprotected sex. And then there was this wave with the chlamydia going through the older population because they weren't considering the STI concept. They were assuming that it was just all about pregnancy. So but it looks good when I looked at the stats recently for the last good handful of years. I would also, uh, another shout out, Joan Price, who is, uh, I believe, an ASEX certified uh, therapist or educator, one of the two. Uh, she actually has a book and she educates um, sex through aging, which I know one of her topics is menopause. And actually, she got together with a pornography star, Jessica Drake, and they actually did porn for older people which is fantastic. So I think, you know, she is also an excellent resource to tap into ladies. Uh, if you want to look into that, she has great information. She was at the last ASEC conference that uh, both Corey and I were at, and uh, she gives some pretty, pretty interesting information. So Joan Price is her name. You can look her up and uh, she's great. Just another resource that women going through menopause can, can look into because she covers that topic. Uh, last question we have is, I am a 56-year-old female who is currently going through menopause. My partner knows this, but truly doesn't understand what this has been affecting our sex life. My drive is lower. I'm a lot drier. And I also feel a lot tighter, which has created some pain. How can I get him to understand that all women go through this and we may need to try different things? What's on your mind about different things for her? So that would be, again, back to our communications. I'm curious if he's interested in learning and wanting to know about, you know, I guess there is a good motivator. If his sex drive is higher than hers, then he's more likely to be motivated to learn about this stuff too. So that's this is where I might use my leverage or, you know, you have her use her leverage to say as if this is kind of what you're wanting, this is some of the things I need you to learn or know, know about before I'm willing to kind of walk down that path kind of, you know, you look at those, the changes in the body and, and what we might like to do, because commonly I'll give out my, you know, I have a handout for, you know, yes, no, maybes, and, and I have my more extreme version of what are you into and how is that changing? And so that you're not just limiting yourself to, again, as we talked about, penis and vagina or just penetrative sex dynamics, because there's just so many other things on that buffet. And so until we have that good discussion and educated, I want everyone educated well enough that they become experts because then I know they know how to do a good job, even if they choose not to. You know, like we talked about before in regards to the tire, tighter, drier, uncomfortable, maybe pain. I mean, as much as perhaps ladies don't want to hear this, but the sex is going to fix that. It helps. Right. We've got the more the more you have, the more you keep those muscles regular. Strengthened, strengthened, exercise, agile, 
flexible, flexible, elastic, I guess. Right. So it is to keep having sex. You can do it on your own. You can get an insertable. The reality is the more that we keep those muscles strengthened, more elastic, the more comfortable sex is going to be. And it's, it's a bit of a vicious cycle because women start having these side effects and are like, Oh heck no, I'm, I don't want to do this. And the reality is I would say, well, absolutely do do this. So if we can even get past the dryness with, with creams or moisturizers and, and really promote that blood flow and get things going, it will make things a lot easier. And we're trying to focus on that playful dynamic too, because yeah. you know, we're, again, we're expanding on the meaning of sex. We're looking at play, we're looking at options, you know, and kind of that outer course lens as well. So it's just knowing what our options are, what, you know, basically education, how your body's running. Oh, absolutely. So you got to, you got to do what's going to work hundred percent. So I don't want you just giving up. Don't give up. No, absolutely not. Please don't give up. I mean, there's lots of things that we can try. So like, get out there girls and, and try it. I, I can't stress that enough, honestly. So takeaways, Corey, what are your takeaways from today's episode? Last comments? Well, we got, we got a few. I think we want to get some resources out to our, our people, just kind of understanding what, what's out there and some information. Uh, lube and meds. So there are some, you know, talk to your physician, talk to your gynecologist, talk to your urologist, uh, maybe even your GP, depending on what's going on, to make sure that the lube and or the meds that might be working or impacting you, you know, are there some counteracting meds to help, you know, change some of that if you're noticing that your meds are killing your sex drive or that your body is older and it's causing some of these issues just because it's like aging sex is a whole thing. Menopause is just one little component of you know, sex in that aging process. And, and remember that sex is mostly in your mind and you might have to fight your body in some of this process, but your biggest sex organ is your mind. And then be aware of the aging and how it changes things and learning how are you going to adapt into those new changes. Yep. I would really, really, you know, being a female in this age group, just don't give up. It can it be really frustrating. Yes. Like let, let's be honest. Yes, it can be really frustrating, but there's so many things that we have access to that can benefit us. Uh, we've talked a lot about them today. And, you know, if you've got any other questions, you can send in your questions to us still on our website. We're more than happy to answer them or, you know, do a secondary topic on this, but it, just please don't give up. It's, I know it can be frustrating personally, but it's, it's part of life. And it, uh, there's lots of things that we can do to get through it and to even build maybe even a, a better, deeper connection with our partners. And realize too, if you're with a partner with a penis, then we're going through our similar dynamics are slightly different in terms of how that biology runs. But, you know, there's a lot of commonalities occurring between them. But it's if you tackle it together, I think. It's and have fun life. with it because not everything is going to work all at the same time. And I, a lot of women and men just, just give up and it's, you can, you know, you can pl be playful about it and still enjoy things with each other and, uh, and still have that really deep connection. I've got this image in my head of like, things aren't working together at the right time. It's like, oh, this is that. Okay. No, it's not. Okay. Nope. It's, all the timing is just all off. So you almost have to have to be good at improv. You know, what are we going to do with what we have right now? And make what happens and see if something shows itself. Absolutely. Take your time. I think Joan Price said that. Take your time. There's no rush. No, absolutely no rush. Do it on your own timeline. It's like, so whatever works best. Like, oh, people last longer, you know, when you're not taking a rush. 
I was just going to say, I would be aware what we went through is like, I mean, I tried to be as exhaustive as possible, but that doesn't mean that every woman is going to have each and every one of these side effects. Every, we are complex people, you know, we're unique. All of our bodies are different. So just know you, you say, oh my goodness, well, I don't have this. What's going on? Well, true. You may not. So I just want you to know, we try to be as exhaustive as possible, but you may not have everything on our list that we came up with. And that's again, normal. We're just giving you a little bit of a taste to kind of go find some information for yourself. Absolutely. This was a good awesome. topic. I liked it. Thank you. And uh, thanks for all our listeners. And uh, hopefully again, you learned something. Awesome.